0: This is Vixen John, creator of Minute Made New York, and you're listening to Minutes Heard. On this episode of Minutes Heard, staying active is something that everyone from New York can relate to. But for the following women, they bring that definition to the next level by resorting to dance or yoga to channel their skills. Movement is a form of art. So sit back and hear their powerful stories that transcends their bodies. So when did you start dancing? Why do you like dancing? Why is, your, why is dance life to you? Um, how did you get started? All that different stuff. Let's talk about your dancing career.
1: Uh, first and foremost, I'm Jamaican, born and raised. So basically dance hall, dancing is in my blood. So from I was living in Jamaica to when I moved to America, I was always gravitating to dance and to mainly dance hall. Cause that's my style of dance and that's the culture of Jamaica. So I gravitated to spreading the love of dance hall which is what I love to do. Um, basically when I moved to America I just started to dance in clubs, dance at schools, perform and do anything I can to spread the love of dance hall. And right now I'm starting to teach my classes which is like great because like once I shoot my videos for my class and like post it on the internet that spreads dancehall even further. So like internet is like one of the biggest things like in the world right now basically, but um, just going to different places and performing and I meet thousands of people that have never, ever, ever heard a dancehall before. What's that? And I get to tell them, oh my God, this is dancehall, this is from Jamaica, this is my culture. And they're so intrigued by it. And when I dance, I'm not just dancing because, like I dance and I tell people like what the moves mean, what the history behind everything was, who created it, why they created it and that like really incites them. Like from knowing nothing about dance hall, nothing about Jamaica, from me dancing, I can show them, show them what happens in Jamaica, why this dance was created, what motivated them to create the dance and like what came from it. Like how how to portray it, how to do it, how to dance it, what's the movement, um, the meaning of the movement and what's behind it. So I love spreading the culture and I love spreading dance hall. Thank you so much. So, you, we're talking, right? um, okay. so I dance for me, I dance for everyone, I dance to spread dance hall, I dance to spread my culture and my blood. I was born and raised. So okay.
0: and what is um what is one of your uh, what is one of your biggest memories in the sense of like dancing or like what's one story or memory you could think of that was like mm-hmm. the biggest so far?
1: I remember, I was in Jamaica, I was about five or six, and whenever there's a a birthday in the community, I live in a small community, so really everyone knows each other. When the kids have a birthday party, you know, Jamaicans or any culture usually have dance contests for the kids. So it was like the biggest highlight of the party. You do a dance contest. I remember not knowing really how to dance, but, you know, adults always egg you on and tell you, yeah, go, Janelle, you know, go, do your best, do your best. I remember dancing, and, like, everybody's just hyping me up, hyping me up, and I won a dance contest. That was, like, my first dance contest. I even won, like, five years old. And I, the what I got was... A coca-cola the coca-cola and the, the glass bottle and i felt great like i just felt great so that's the first time i ever won anything from dance but i danced not to win anything i danced to just show my style and just like have fun and release whatever emotion i'm feeling basically so that was like the first memory i ever have of a like, dance hall and like dancing just winning a five-year-old at five years old a, a dance contest at a party at a birthday party so ever since then i've been dancing and doing a lot of contests and winning more stuff winning money Win all type of stuff, but I don't do it for money or prizes. I just do it because I just love doing it.
0: Okay. Um, you, uh, well, you've danced in groups. You've danced by yourself. I mean, you have mm-hmm. videos online. So, I mean, when it comes to, like, teaching a class, like, is it easy? Is it hard? I mean, is it natural for you? Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: like I mean, what is it like teaching others in, in comparison to, like, just... Doing it for yourself, or like just doing it for a video, you
1: know? right? So, um, there's always ups and downs of teaching the class. Um, to me, it's it's. I love the, the up of it is like being able to show others what I can do, and also teach them and help them learn um, what I can do and spread the culture of dancehall. So, if I learned a new move from one of the hottest dancers in Jamaica, I get to bring that to class and show them what that move is, why they created it, and um, how to do it. And in that, they will go to a party, do the move, and somebody will see them and say, oh my god, what move is that? Where would you learn that? And that will bring other people back to my class and also spread dancehall, because maybe that person will learn it from the person in the party, which learned it from me in class. So I love that about class, like I, me spreading like, dancehall further. And one of the downs is that you really have to um, pay attention to everybody who's in class. So you have to watch your pace. So if you're teaching really fast and there's like a bunch of people in the back that are, are not getting it but you're still going really fast, really fast, that's not good teaching. You want to really like pay attention to who's in your class and focus on their weaknesses and their strengths and really um, play with them, work with them. So if you have a class full of advanced dancers and you're doing um, simple moves, they may be getting bored. So you want to look at who's in your class if it's all beginners, teach beginner moves or simple moves. Or if you have a class with advanced people, you could teach more advanced steps, right? So you can switch it up. And um, another down would be, like, you get really tired sometimes when you're teaching and you have to, like, really control your voice, control your breathing so that they can hear you and they can really, like, focus and learn from you. But other than that, like, it's great just being able to encourage people to, like, bring out their own personality into a move and, like, really, like, show them how to, like be themselves, basically. Because I can throw a move at you, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, three, but if you're doing it like a stiff statue and not, there's no meaning behind it, you don't know why you're doing this, it's really pointless. So I encourage people to learn the move and then put your own style into it. Feel what the person felt when they were um, creating the dance. That way you can portray it, like you portray it through your movement. So you don't have to speak and tell people what it is, you can just show it in your body just be able to like really express yourself.
0: Yes, and the last question. So what does dance mean to you in the sense of like, is it an expression? Is it just about movement? Is it just about feeling free? Like, if you could define dance, what does dance mean to you?
1: To me, dance is an expression. So if today I'm feeling down, I can express that through my movement. I can express that through my feeling, through art, through dance. I can um, really like take whatever move I can and like really like, show without even speaking or just with my face what I'm feeling. If I'm sad, I can do a sad dance hall move. there's like really like um, hardcore dance hall. there's soft, there's um, happy dances. There's really spiritual dances. There's all type of dances in dance halls. So if I'm feeling a certain way, I can express it through um, whatever movement I choose. So it is movement. Yes, dance is movement. And also dance is a form of expression. But um, mainly I use it to express, express how I'm feeling. So if I wake up feeling happy one day, I'm going to do Skip to Malou, which is a really happy dance. I'm going to skip, skip, skip to Malou. If I wake up feeling sad, I'm going to do a really, like, sad Song where like say somebody died in the ghetto, and I'm feeling down, and that's when they created that dance, their best friend died, so basically it's just expression and like showing how I feel at the moment and if I'm feeling two um, two types of ways in the morning when I wake up then i I can always um merge what I'm feeling and I could also make a make a another style or um You know, like, really, like, switch it up. There's endless possibilities when it comes to expressing yourself through dance. So I really think it's a, just a form of expression. That's why I feel dance is to me.
0: What in your life motivates you to wake up every day and make the best of it?
2: Well, I wake up every day because the sun shines really brightly in my face through my window, and I have two crazy cats. But after that point, I realize that there's a lot of work to be done. Um, I feel like we're at, or in the midst of the civil rights movement, a lot of people haven't waken up to that reality. I think that in the work that I do through yoga and um, guided meditation, I'm able to hold space for people who would otherwise not have a space to put their thoughts and emotions. And I think that through my message, um, people are able to understand what it means to get grounded and to recognize their individual creativity and in their art, like their, their passion, their roar that lives in their body to be able to speak to it unapologetically and recognizing that creativity, that creative space in the individual and then speaking to it unapologetically is for me the vehicle that makes change. So I wake up so I could inspire other people to see the silver linings in their lives so we could make it better like across the board for everyone and the generations to come. Did you want to answer that question? What are you passionate about? Oh, no, there's more than I'm passionate about. Okay, oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay,
0: what are you passionate about in your life
2: and why? Passion is, is a really interesting word because I think uh, it it's like a blanket, right? Like a, a patchwork quilt with so many different squares like for me in my life so not only am I passionate about like wellness and yoga I'm passionate about um you know social issues uh my family music the outdoors um you know I think that it's really important to recognize balance and uh you know have friends and have work but just be able to take time for self so um, I'm just passionate about life. I'm excited. I get up and I'm excited to do my work. I'm excited to laugh. I'm <laughs> really sarcastic sometimes and, uh, in a loving way. And, uh, I think more than anything, I'm just passionate to get through the day and to put my head down to be able to do it again tomorrow. Um, that was a pretty shitty answer, but that's all I got.
0: There's a, no answers. <laughs>
2: um...
0: What is your perspective of the world in front of you? What is your perspective of the world in front of you based on what you see and hear, hopeful or hopeless, getting better or worse, why?
2: We've been fucked since the beginning of time, right? That's my honest opinion. So hopeful because the way that someone can learn hate is the way that you can teach them to love and to accept and to recognize the interconnectedness of people and reestablish what community looks and feels like. Um, So always hopeful and, you know, not settling, but there is a part of me that has come to terms with the fact that for me and my identity, that being black in America or being black in the world is really considered less than to a lot of people. And that's cool. I don't need to, I'm not trying to perpetuate that or anything, but I, I'm okay with people always thinking that I'm not capable or not able, so then when I do show up and can, then... It's a new experience for them. So I think that we can't be complacent and just live our lives by continuing to, you know, go through the day-to-day motions. We really need to, you know, get back to salon talks and coming together as a community and really trying to weave our individual threads together to really create something strong. Like, you know, I'm interlacing my fingers right now, and, you know, fingers separate really can't do so much but fingers together are just more fortified and stronger foundation and I don't think that as people just you know regardless of race we've come together to see that because we constantly perpetuate the differences in each other so what I'm hopeful for is people recognizing the abuse that corporations inflict on people, the individual um, particular groups of people and my hope is that Despite differences, really minority groups can come together to recognize issues that are prevalent across the board and make change to level the playing field a little bit.
0: If you want to answer this question, we could go for it. I mean, um, let me go down to, okay. What is your current occupation? Do you like your job and what about it do you like? If not, what would be your dream Job slash hobby, why? This is a very easy question.
2: Yeah. Honestly, my current uh, general manager at the restaurant I work at would die when I say this, but I'm living the dream. You know, life comes with, you know, uh, the struggle and the success, right, in different areas, different facets of your being depending on different times of your life. So right now, yeah, I could probably save more money. That's definitely true. But... I wake up. I get to practice. I get to teach. I get to learn. I have my friends. I have my family. Um I have a loving partner and I'm able to put the pieces of the puzzle together in an organic way and I think that you know I've I've experienced enough that from here on out I think I've set myself up for success in a way that I could live my life and not resent any choices that I made because I don't have any, like, regrets or anything. And I could look forward to the freedom and the independence that I've always dreamed of. You know, I worked in corporate America for five years and it's great. Like, you know, the American dream, sense of security, paychecks, commissions. And then you're unappreciated. There's no connection with you and your boss. You're just a number on a long list and ranked based on your performance. Or maybe overlooked because it really doesn't matter to the corporation who you are. In my everyday existence, I get to be acknowledged and maybe that's narcissistic, I don't know. But I need that to feel validated with who I am in this life and being able to do the work that I do and feel purposeful in that way of being. So down the road, it's definitely still teaching. It's getting more involved in my community and continuing to be an activist in the matters that see fit. and owning a wine bar, and becoming a mom, so I could just ride horses, take care of babies, and teach, and stand on the front lines if necessary, or just write, you know, whatever feels good, and of course be able to travel, because there's nothing more freeing than being able to pack your shit and leave when you feel like it. Home will always be there.
0: Okay, and the last one. Mm -hmm. Share an interesting story about yourself. Example, something that you haven't told anyone that you don't mind sharing.
2: I just spent a month in Namibia, which is in Southern Africa, and I haven't been there. I'm 29, I haven't been there since I was 13, and I was coming out, I mean, been out of um, a relationship, and I, more than anything, needed to go, to kind of just reground, to reset, and so I really don't have a particular instance, but, What I will share is that if you are someone born into a heritage or um, a culture, it will do you such service to go to that place of origin and to just be, to commune, to eat the food, to dance, to drink, to just walk in solitude, to cry, to laugh. Um, it was so grounding for me. It really established that regardless of where I am, there's no physical place that is home. It is a feeling. It is people and a way of being that allows you to feel at home. And it's in each and every one of us, like what home is and what it feels like. Right, There are some triggers, like, you know, sense and visual things that, you know, will be like, oh, that reminds me of home. But being in this country kind of by myself and, like, with my family that I haven't seen or met a lot of them, um, yeah, it was so many parts of myself that I saw in other people that made me recognize, like, I'm normal. Like, you know, like, I'm not crazy. And more than anything, that I was a part of a bigger picture. And sometimes... Or for me, I needed that. I really needed that. I needed to go and be with my family to find the parts of myself that I felt I had lost. But not necessarily where they lost, but they were just suppressed.
0: So what motivates you to get up every day and make the best of it? What's your motivation? What motivates you? What drives you?
3: I think it's the little things in life that motivate me to wake up every day and make the best of it. Um, just Things that just simply like finding joy and things that maybe other people don't stop to notice. Maybe on a hot day, like a, the breeze blowing by. These are all things that keep me going in life. And um, what am i am trying to say? Is just finding joy in like the little things can be so fulfilling that it will make something like vision loss not even noticeable at times.
0: Okay, just to get the, I guess, the proverbial base questions out the way. So, obviously, I mean, you have gained a following through your blog and, you know, a lot of people follow your story. But for those who don't know your story, if you could just, like, I guess, recap it just very quickly. Like, I I don't know how quickly you can. I mean, it's i try. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> recap all your life. Just in yeah. like, a sentence or two, please. No, i <laughs> It doesn't have to be that short, but, you know, just kind of like summarize it just in the sense of like, let's say if you were to quickly... Like, if you're quickly telling somebody like your... You know, your life... I don't know how to... Yeah, <laughs>
3: I got you. So, um... I was recently diagnosed with a retinal disease called Stargardt's And... It's categor- It's um. It's characterized by a central vision, lo- vision loss. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. it's categorized by a characterized by a central vision loss. Um, with Stargardt's disease, you slowly lose your central vision. So over time, within about maybe ten years, you can expect that the details of the world will not be in your <laughs> I don't know how to say this. Um
0: take your time. It's
3: sorry. Funny. I'm usually no, really, really good at this. No no,
0: it's fine. Take your time please. I mean I hope you're not nervous at all. I'm oh, a little bit Oh my gosh. Don't be
3: <laughs> Okay. That's the problem. All right. I'm that's just, why I have lavender going. Calms it
0: down. True, gotcha. am <laughs> Just a regular Joe schmo off the street. That probably doesn't help. But <laughs> I'm who a, are you? <laughs> who really I'm is. a stranger. Don't mind me. This is, this is supposed to be very casual. Just calm down. Okay.
3: Know, sort of okay. All right. Start over. <clears throat> I was recently diagnosed with Stargardt's disease, and it's a retinal disease that's cat- characterized. <laughs> by central vision loss. So over the course of maybe about 10 years or so, so, I would slowly lose my central vision, which is responsible for detail. Um, Luckily, I'll always have my peripheral vision, so I'll be able to see things, you know, from what people consider the sides of their eyes. But anything that's in details, like recognizing faces on the street, or being able to read, you know, small or normal font are things that um, are lost with their central vision.
0: Okay. And, um, let's see. Because I'm trying to ask, like, I'm pretty sure that people have, like, talked to you about this or interviewed you or whatever the case would be, but I'm trying to ask different questions that are not just, like, the typical, you know? Like, stuff that, you know, people probably never thought of asking when it comes to doing your condition?
3: Um. Well, one thing that I want people to ask usually that they never do is like, what is the hardest thing about having stargarts? And for me, the hardest thing is actually appearing to be normal. So like when people meet me on the street, they kinda, like they don't expect that I'm legally blind. They So if I ask a question like, hey, where's the restroom, and I'm, maybe I'm standing right in front of it, I'm going to get, you know, an evil eye or someone that's really bothered that I took up their time for such a seemingly stupid question. But um whereas if someone walks in with a white cane or like some really deep, dark shades, they tend to get help easier, and maybe their, their vision loss is more respected.
0: Okay. Oh, that's actually a good point, because you know, with this particular uh, condition of yours, you appear normal from exactly. the outside world, but you know what you're going mm-hmm. through and stuff. So um, how, I guess, you know, one of the questions is, or now I just thought of it. Like, how do you do? You try to let other people recognize that you have a condition some way so they can differentiate, like, all right, you know, even though you appear normal, you do have... Like a condition, Or is it kind of like, you know, you don't really bring it up unless somebody asks or somebody kind of like inquires?
3: I tend to not tell people right away because I don't want that to become the focus of our encounter. But um, I find that there are some people who pay, who pay such close attention to detail that they notice. Like they'll say like, well, you didn't quite look me right in the eye when you're trying to see me because I sort of look off to the side if i really want to see someone's face although like i'm really good at making like eye contact and looking like i'm looking at you but if i am i'm really not seeing you i just kind of don't want you to be weirded out but um i got off topic Uh, (laughs) um oh yeah so if it's a person that i that i think or know I'll be around, be, will be in my life for a longer period of time, I like to tell them sooner than later. But if I'm just meeting you and I know that I'm only going to maybe talk to you for this one time, maybe I might leave the detail out unless the conversation leads that way. Especially on job interviews and stuff, I don't tell them until they really express that they're interested. And then I let them know. Because then at that point, it's like, well... <laughs> Here's the accommodations I need.
0: <laughs> got the job now. Look, let me slide this in real quick. Exactly. You know what I mean? But wait, you can't take it back because you gave me the
3: job. Let me stop. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, man. That's cool. No, That's I mean they, ne- they never know. Like, oh, I just got this yoga job. I didn't tell them until the audition. And um, by the time they had figured it out, they were like, wow. Like, I would have never guessed it. That's amazing. And that, that you could even fill out the application but that's why I'm thankful for all my devices
0: <laughs> cool cool um so I guess uh another question is um also about so name a recent piece of good or bad news that has affected you recently and you know like how I guess how have you you know I guess tackled it or reclaimed it or you know approached it if that makes sense
3: mm-hmm. um, good or bad news has happened to me um,
0: you could opt out on questions too you don't have to answer if you don't want to you know like
3: well, I'm struggling to think of this is terrible I mean I'm pretty sure good things happened and bad things maybe but oh Oh,
0: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> just thought of something. Oh, right. That's right. <laughs> just like, oh, what's happening? No, well, I figured you well, thought of something.
3: Um, I recently became an aunt. I don't know how I forgot that, but my sister just had a daughter. And so now I'm an aunt and I can already tell that she like is an auntie's girl. If, if that's a real thing. But um, yeah, so I don't know. Now I can relax on the baby fever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so congrats, one. Thanks. Uh, yeah, that
3: was, I don't know, that wasn't really...
0: No, no, no. <laughs> Good news and bad news, or no news at all, it's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure being a new aunt is stressful or not yeah, stressful. Yeah,
3: we babysit. Right, exactly.
0: <laughs> so we are all prepped for being a new auntie. It takes a lot of work, I'm pretty sure. I mean, personally, I've never been aunt before, so well I mean I can't I obviously can't be an aunt (laughs) just just like wait a minute yeah you can't be an aunt what are you talking about (laughs) it's like impossible um okay cool so yeah I probably shouldn't skip that question no no it's fine I mean (laughs) it's whatever you feel like sharing you know it's not supposed to be like you know you don't have to be pressured to answer anything um these are just different questions just to kind of have more to work with okay um Ooh. Ooh. Okay. So, um, uh, what is the story or the questions I like to ask is name, um, or t- what's the most memorable moment in the sense of your journey with this condition in the sense of kind of like a victory or a defeat or something that you want to highlight just in the sense of like you kind of like going throughout, um, your journey with this
3: um, this question is just hard because there's so many really i mean i've only it's only been about two years or even less that I've been legally blind, mm-hmm. but um the best thing about this, and I have to thank my blog for it, is the people that I meet who also have eye conditions, but even the ones who don't who say that like, hearing my story maybe um, opened their eyes and, like, showed them how to appreciate things that they were taking for granted. But then meeting other people with eye conditions who maybe didn't respond so positively but now feel like they can because they see the way that I've responded to it, they feel encouraged. Um, I remember I remember the first woman that I met with stargirls she really changed my outlook because any diagnosis of vision loss is going to be really hard and crushing so i did have my times where i was really sad um and one of my biggest fears was that i would one day not be able to see my child's face and this woman said to me that when you have a child you would have felt every single corner of that child's face that there'd be no way you wouldn't know what the child looks like and in that time like that was really comforting to me even now i'm kind of like well i still want to see it but um but that was really comforting so now um with every person that i meet i want them to leave understanding that there's always a silver lining in any situation in life and um if they can find that joy like with like what I was saying, like with with the wind blowing or just maybe you heard the birds chirping, if you can find that joy in the littlest thing, then you could always have a reason to smile. That's
1: dope.
3: Yeah. And that's why I love yoga, because yoga actually helps me to like, cope with the change. Because the thing that we're kind of scared of as humans, I think, is like, change. And so, being able to embrace change and know that change is good and know that when, when things change, you can change too. And like, you you know, for lack of... No, this is the best word, but you can be bendy. <laughs> you know, you can be flexible. And um, yeah, you can just... Conquer.
0: <laughs> That's dope. That is really, really dope.
3: Thanks.
0: No, I mean, I think if more people thought that way, then they would be less afraid to tackle anything. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like- mm-hmm,
3: because it's the expectations that you have. Like with me, like I thought I was going to dental school. I got diagnosed with the eye disease and then there was no way I could attend because no one wants a dentist with you know poor visual acuity. But if you work so hard towards one dream, you kind of like start to think that that's, your only dream but anything you work hard towards and put a lot of energy in it's going to be a strong dream for you so you have these expectations so when something changes your expectation is let down so if you can, if you can learn how to like um, change with the changes and just embrace things and not you know look to the future or the past and just kind of be more present then I think we'd be setting ourselves up for success and happiness
0: thanks for listening to this episode of minutes heard make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and follow or subscribe to minute Maid new york on facebook instagram and on youtube do you have a minute